Hey everyone, before the episode starts, you should know that what you're about to hear isn't what we originally released as episode 104. In April 2021, the RIAA issued a copyright claim against this episode, and our host pulled it from the feed in response. This, then, is a re-edit of episode 104 with all music clips removed. It's a decision so baffling that I can only assume it was made by a bot or a tool. Uh, In this episode, we're discussing our top album cuts, directly shining a light on tracks that were overlooked at the time of release. It's advertising for these artists and these albums in particular. We're talking about the songs we play clips from. It's the very case for which the fair use exception to copyright law exists. It's also, of course, quite an old episode uh, now, and the original files we recorded don't exist anymore. So this has been edited down from the final MP3 and won't sound as good as the original. I'm disappointed that it's come to this, but I thought this would be better than a gap in the record. Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. They're the guys who know just what you want to hear. Whose blogs are updated just five times every year. It's the show. And Dusky wrote to them from jail and said it's great. Now it's time for another day. Welcome to Brother Day! I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. Uh, this is not a Star Trek episode. Everyone can breathe a sigh of relief. Um, we are sorry. An extra week was kind of built in there. It was a it was a house guest thing again. I was just busy, babysitting. I feel, I feel so weird. I kind of feel like I've never done a podcast before. I know what is a podcast anyway. Like I have forgotten what we do on this dumb show. I think, um, I think I ask you to name your favorite color and your favorite animal, and then we use that to start like a psychological profile oh and then we interview a criminal psychologist to determine what your most likely serial crime will be well my favorite color is private that's a private personal information actually i don't want to know it it's one of those things i don't like knowing about people oh like you wouldn't you wouldn't want to know what my default order is at a no let's say taco bell well as we've talked about many times that is not what i want to know I don't want to know it at all. I don't want to know your favorite color, and I don't want to know your favorite animal. Uh, This is a mailbag. It is a mailbag week, and we do have some mail. Oh, good. And we're doing a project, so we probably shouldn't dawdle too much talking about, you know, the color yellow, for instance. I'm not familiar with that color. Maybe maybe the Olinguito. God damn it. Okay. (laughs) Just, you know, some ideas we probably shouldn't talk. And also, uh, I would say arson. But, you know... Uh, we probably should just jump right into the mailbag. Yeah, we got plenty. Mailbag by brother date. So, uh, let's roll the clock all the way back to August 15th. Mm, I remember it well. It was a time before college football had started again. That is true. Mm. So a happier time for me. <laughs> well, if you're a state fan, then yes. Uh, Ryan wrote, wrote in um, on the 15th at brother date. Vulcans and Dorians and background landscaping noises. Yeah, that was weird. That was a weird time for the landscapers to show up. Yeah, and they were really persistent. I felt like they just wanted to sit right outside your window and just go to work right there. They they do take their time. I don't really understand it. Yeah, it's longer than it should take. I've seen the size of the um, yard areas. Yeah. and it, There's it, not enough grass to take that much time. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing. They must have heard you were potting. And they're not a fan. They're a fan of the Rival podcast. Uh, I don't know, one of the Star Trek ones, probably. And uh, and they decided they were going to fuck up our operation. I think. Uh, but I yeah, we did our best. What, the, what our Rival podcast could possibly be. Um, I want to say it's those fucking 
D-bags over at the... I don't know if I should say it now that I called them D-bags. Over yeah. at T-G-G. Oh. Okay. So you think it's uh, Ben and Adam? Yeah, Ben and Adam. Those guys. Fuck All them. Right. We know way more yeah. about Star Trek than them. You know, the extra weeks mean that I am now so... Like, I have so many of their Deep Space Nine episodes <laughs> are piling up because I won't listen to them till after I have done ours. Why are you listening to our rival podcast? You better just be getting ideas for sabotage. I mean, I guess. Okay. <laughs> their show is not like ours. They consider one episode at a time. I know, like They losers. mostly do jokes and Bill Cosby impressions. Yeah, that's not good. What, what year it's, is it? Bill Cosby impressions. Yeah, exactly. So... And they do a Kevin Oxbridge impression in which he just makes uh, manufactures sex dolls, yeah. real dolls. Well, we're better than that. We we're are better than well, that. We've grown up a lot more than that. We're different than that. They got a lot of growing up to do. They got a lot of growing up to do. Uh, at Brother Date, Ryan writes in, almost done with Parks and Rec. Loving it. Oh, well, that's good. That is good. We must have talked about some some Parks and Rec thing. Did we talk about the cones of Dunshire? I don't know. I don't know if we specifically talked about that. That is a great because you forgot gag. it was about the cones. <laughs> he gets the smile on his face. Uh, you guys have played a good game for sure, but you forgot what it's really all about. The cones. The cones. <laughs> <laughs> great running gag. The cones of Dunshire. Um. Uh, also, he writes at brother date. Thought that was a leaf blower. Probably the motorcycle that passed immediately after the landscapers left that sounded like a leaf blower. Maybe maybe he's just um, he's giving himself credit for having guessed it correct. Oh, maybe. That yeah, it was, maybe. in fact, a leaf blower. On the 17th, he writes, At Brother Date, you know it's not the 70s, and hot tubs don't mean ball soup anymore. Yeah, you had a uh, critical remark. I'm not going remark. in a sex hot tub. Yeah. I'm not going in a sex hot tub. You had a critical remark about the hot tub. I assumed it's because you had um, insider knowledge about what happened in that hot tub. No, I have insider knowledge about the kind of person that Ryan is. <laughs> He's going to fuck in that hot tub. Come on, Ryan. Don't do that. And, and also, keep inviting people to use his hot tub, even after he knows he has soiled it. You know... <clears throat> One time, Marjan and I stayed at uh, an Airbnb in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and it had a hot tub out on the deck, mm-hmm. and even though we were pretty sure some nasty stuff had happened in there... We in st- an Airbnb hot tub? Yeah. We still went out there and got in it, but um, San Francisco's not a great hot tub city, especially outdoors, because the winds picked up, and then it was like 61 degrees and quite gusty. Yeah. And we did not have a nice time out on that deck. Oh, well. But I don't believe either of us got sick in any way from the hot tub juice. It's not about getting sick. Oh, it's, it's about just... the principle of the thing. I understand. Not, not sitting in my friend Ryan's sex fluids. All a uh, man has is principles. So, that you are now a man. Woof. Okay. On the 17th, he writes, at Brother Date, Voyager episode. They had a replicator, but couldn't replicate 100% of what they'd need. Now, this, I believe, is him explaining an earlier comment, mm. saying that CAD drawings for orbital sanders are public, science equipment <laughs> sensor, duh. Okay, good. Now that makes more sense. I get it. I get it. I'm right there. Uh, then, uh, on the 21st, we got a rare tweet from Marjan. Okay. Who tweeted at uh, Brother Date, Planet Queen Electric Warrior T-Rex. The song which, is Planet Queen. Yes. The album? The album is Electric Warrior. Electric Warrior, and the group is T-Rex. T-Rex. T-Rex had those great album names. They had um, they had Electric Warrior. They had Futuristic Dragon. Um, They were really crushing it when it came to these uh, these album concepts. Uh, so this is, uh, this is an album cut that she's into. Yeah, she wanted to play along with the, uh, the project we're doing for the album Deep Cuts. Well, let's hear a little bit of it, I guess. Okay. (laughs) That's pretty representative. That sounds like T-Rex. 
you must have at least some appreciation for T-Rex because I know uh, on Who Charted, hmm. they introduced a new band and you were like, hey, I picked up this new band because they, they kind of sound like T-Rex. They sound like a comp- it's the band is the Lemon Twigs and they sound like a combination of uh, various late 60s and 70s acts all, all stuck in a blender. And one of them is definitely T-Rex. Um, yeah, that's I'd say that's pretty representative T-Rex, though. Flying saucer, take me away, give it your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, why does he sing so quiet? He's, well, Marjan already knows. Um, I've always said nobody takes it as easy as Mark Bolin. Takes He's it. taking it real easy. My favorite song is that by T-Rex is actually called um, uh, Life's a Gas. And he, okay. me- he means it. Life's a gas. <laughs> he's just in he's just having he's a good just, old time. He's just like, I could have built a house on the ocean. I could have, uh, I don't know, wrote your name in the sand or something. And he goes, and it really doesn't matter at all. No, it really doesn't matter at all. Life's a gas. And he sings so quiet and like he's almost asleep. Uh, did T-Rex write the theme song for Cheers? <laughs> no, it's not quite the right style. Maybe okay. it's uh, influenced by T-Rex. Yeah, it's a possibility. I'm just, you know, that guy's very gentle. It's extremely gentle. That, More gentle that than you could possibly remember, even if you remember it being, like, uh, a couple of sleeping kittens. Like, you know it's not a rocker. You know the theme song from Cheers is not a heavy, heavy track, right? But then you turn on and this. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. You're like, whoa. Even when you, you think it's, all right, oh, that was pretty quiet. Here comes the chorus. Yeah. Somet- sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. He's really like, afraid to wake up anybody on like the other side of the room. He's just going to really yeah. whisper saying that shit to you. Uh, Marjan replied to this T-Rex tweet <clears throat> oh. of her own. Uh, on the 25th with um with another link okay this is to a song called day in day out by, by xtc the band xtc hmm. i'll say for 1979 they were at least trying to do something they made that's, an effort to do something that's different. definitely a strange little song yeah I, i'd say they were they were experimenting and that's uh to be appreciated that being said, I'm not an XTC fan. So we're not going to have an XTC project later where you try to get me into them like you did with David Bowie? No, not at this point. That does not. That's not on the agenda. All right. On the 22nd, Marjan wrote in, uh, at Brother Date, at Ben C. Town, I heard hashtag leukocytes. Yeah, that's a good AKA, hashtag. Popular. AKA white blood cells came up on Deep Space. Hashtag DS9. Sorry. <laughs> that's good. That is also a popular one. They are part of the immune system. Okay. There are a few different types, and they generally help protect the body from infection and disease. Hmm. Then she responded, See my recent paper on how the <laughs> lack of one type of leukocyte, lymphocytes, including CD8 T-cells, leads to a large influx of a different type of leukocyte, macrophages, in irradiated tissue, which could promote breast cancer cell recruitment. Then she links to her uh, paper in... Uh, one of these cancer research journals. Yeah. Yeah. She's um she's pimping her own shit out there. Just just wants everyone to read that paper. It's a good paper. Macrophages promote circulating tumor cell mediated local recurrence following radiotherapy in immunosuppressed patients. Marjan Rafat and like twenty other people. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about how, you know, when you irradiate tissue, the funny thing happens sometimes where you tend to get uh, a bunch of uh, cancer cells coming back to that spot. And to the irradiated spot. Yep, the spot that you've previously irradiated, causing recurrence. Um, so, just trying to figure out, hey, what's the deal with that? And how can we improve treatments? To- yeah, I'm just going to read this first sentence Kay. from the abstract, because it's pretty good. Okay. Although radiotherapy, RT, decreases the incidence of local regional recurrence in breast cancer, 
patients with triple negative breast cancer, TNBC, have increased risk of local recurrence following breast conserving therapy. Triple negative breast cancer? Yeah, you don't want that. That's the bad kind. That sounds very bad. It's as bad as it sounds, actually. (laughs) That sounds bad, bad, bad. (laughs) Turns out that's one of those things that is not... not hard to figure out. The more negatives you have, I think, probably the wor- the worse you're going to be in that case. Yeah. <clears throat> On August 23rd, yeah. Shannon Hudson writes, At brother date, so I'm feeling like an absolute tool for not knowing about the podcast. Yeah. Hubby and I will start listening. Well, it's been and going on for three lot, years. Or whatever. I guess I have a lot of catching up to do. Hashtag brother date marathon. There now, that would be... Such a long marathon. I don't think she knows what's in store for her. Does she know? We we are sitting down now to record episode 104? Yep. 104? Yeah, it's a lot in and of itself, but some of those episodes, 40-something of those episodes. 41 of them are between three two hours. and three and a half hours, t- trending towards three hours on average, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's got a lot to listen, but maybe she doesn't care about Star Trek and she can skip those. You know, it's possible. I mean, maybe, maybe, mm. but um, then this is not going to be the podcast for her. No, <laughs> no. Once a, once every couple of weeks, she'll get one in. <clears throat> well, welcome to the family. There's a lot. There's a lot of you out there now. There's just a guy from Vegas who hates us. What was his What was his deal? Uh, what? Wasn't that guy who wrote us hate mail one time? Oh, the person who was pissed off about your chili review? Oh, yeah, that son of a bitch. The person who seems to I never search remember for, what his... Search for and post on every <laughs> review of Wolf Chili. Was it Wolf <laughs> it might, Chili? It might have been Wolf Brand Chili. I always forget what we got hate mail for, and it was for <laughs> it was for my brief, my brief dalliance with ch- chili reviews. Yeah, your brief time as a Twitter chili reviewer, <laughs> where you live-tweeted your chilies. <laughs> it made him mad. Oh, on the 25th, Ryan wrote, at Brother Date, I actually really enjoyed Q-Who for a few reasons, mm. but anything to do with what becomes a huge threatening problem and ends on a dark note is enjoyable to watch. Well, I mean, it's, uh, they did a good job with the tone, for sure. So- sort of implies this will eventually be their biggest threat. But will it? Hmm. Briefly, at times. Yeah. At times. It will be their occasionally their biggest threat. And on the 27th, Ryan writes, at Brother Date, I wish my bullpen had a conference alcove. Open office plans suck sometimes. They he, always suck. He wants to play around in the alcove like in engineering, I think is what he's saying. Oh, yeah. Or I think I really liked the one behind the bridge on Enterprise. Yeah, that one's pretty good. I've seen them use that a couple of times, and most yeah. of the time, it's um, Trip arguing with somebody about what to do since Archer's not on the ship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Archer doesn't call too many conferences when he can just announce what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what's fun about open office plans is that all of the research says they're bad, and <laughs> no one cares. That's right. Just keep doing it. <laughs> Yeah, they must be the worst. I've never had, I've never been in an office that didn't at least have some kind of cubes. To separate yeah, there people. was there was one last like last month that came out that was uh, open office plans reduce communication between team teammates because no one wants to talk out loud to their teammate because it seems rude to bother everyone else. Yeah, that's... so it forces reliance on things like Slack and other messaging tools. I believe that. Um, and, uh, then on September 1st, to close out the mailbag, Shannon writes, at Brother Date, I just finished listening to episode two. So oh, good, good, good. Going slow. You know how we've always been, uh, trying to deal with Ryan catching up. I hope these comments yeah. are going to be specific enough that we understand what's happening. In which you float the idea of a reading of My Brother Sam is Dead for your hundredth episode. Oh, no! <laughs> I'm going to be very disappointed if that didn't actually happen. <laughs> oh, Hashtag shit. Brother Date Marathon. Oh, no. I don't know why we would have possibly thought about 100 episodes at that point. Allow me to say whoops. That's Yeah, that's our bad, for sure. Also, we talked about My Brother Sam is Dead. And we proposed reading it. <laughs> Just, what, reading it cover to cover? Just an audio I mean, book? For, how long do you think it would take to read My Brother Sam is Dead cover to cover I don't even remember how long loud. it is. I, 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 
It's an audiobook, which I don't think we could get the rights to it. I don't think they'd invite us to come and read it. No, I don't think so. Maybe it's in the public domain. Let's, uh... I have no idea. I know, I know nothing about this book <laughs> at, the, at this great remove from 8th grade or 7th grade or whenever it is you read My Brother Sam is Dead. Oh, damn. That's, uh... That's kind of a mind blow. Why did we do this? That was, uh... I don't remember anything we talked about. Ever. The only reason I remember the Star Trek ones is because, you know, I know the Star Treks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's from 1974, so it's definitely, definitely not in the public domain. No. Some publisher or whatever we'd have to go to and say, hey, we want to do uh, an audiobook of this. May we be the narrators for this audiobook. What does the top 100 most frequently challenged books? Oh, I guess this is books that are... People don't want facing censorship. Apparently, this school? is one of them. God, I don't this is what the twelfth most frequently challenged book in the period from nineteen ninety to two thousand. Other than brother, his brother Sam being dead, what happened in that? I mean, I, just, I don't know. I don't know what. Why would someone challenge? Did they discover their sexuality or something? I mean, I that happens. Remember. Sometimes that happens in these children's books, and then you're like, well, um, okay, Shannon, if you ever get to this episode. Maybe you know something about my brother Sam is dead, and then you can tell us why it's often challenged in schools. Well, you know, Shannon was uh, was an English major, so so you know. Maybe however she... many years from now it takes her to get to catch up to this, maybe she does. Hey, that's the end of the mailbag. All right, um, that wasn't so bad. That was pretty quick. Some some new contributors or some contributors we don't see that much of. Thank you, Marjan, and thank you, Shannon, and yeah. welcome to the podcast. And always thank you, Ryan. And as always, thank you, Ryan. I don't take him for granted. He fills up the mailbag. No, he does. He does. He does keep that mailbag full. Mm. Uh, we are in the middle of a project. Always, we are always working on a project. Yeah, in fact, I've been working on a later project on the side here. Oh, nice! You go to Home Depot or something? What'd you get for it? You get some plywood. Yeah, I got, no, I got. Uh, I got uh, some PVC pipe, and then that pipe glue, that pipe cement, oh. where you you glue all the pipes together, and you just go. That's it. Just glue. Yeah. All right, well, that's that must good. Be, it's got to be good glue, right? So we've got, so, so we got another project in the works. That's good. We do, we do. There's a project coming up, but it's going to take me a while to prep, so it, it's coming down the pipe. Okay. But um, we uh, last mailbag we did our uh, five honorable mentions each yeah. for the album cuts project. Our deep, deep dark album cuts. Uh, and so. This episode, we're going to walk through our uh, number 10 to number 6. Yeah. Uh, we're going to walk through them in order, but the order doesn't really mean anything. It's just that we drafted because we knew there was a possibility that we would pick, like, the, the same, same Stevie Wonder song or yeah. the same Cake song or something, right? So yes, doing, exactly. it in a, doing it in a draft allowed us to pick the songs we really wanted to talk about. Uh, so we're going to start at number 10, but that doesn't necessarily mean that this is a worse song than the ones uh, higher up on the list. Yeah, so don't send us your hate mail about it. I don't right. even keep, care. Keep it to yourself. But we will read it. If or you send, send it. it and we'll read it. If you whatever. send it, we'll read the email. But don't, but, or Twitter, to tweet, to tweet emails, whatever, we'll read them. But just don't do it. Speaking of cake, your number 10 is a cake song. Yes. It um, is. Uh, well, yeah, why don't you introduce yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's from uh, Fashion Nugget, their breakout album, the one that had The Distance on it, and like yeah. uh, Frank Sinatra, and uh, their cover I of will I survive. Will Survive, yeah. others, probably others, um, Daria, Open Book, etc., right? Yeah, that one had a lot of singles on it. Um, this one I consider to be every bit the equal of a, a Frank Sinatra um it's coming down is the one that i picked it's in a nice little run on the back half of that record uh, yeah which i love a lot it's just it really is one of the best rock records in my collection i would say yeah it is um like what's your least favorite song on that the, album I race think, car yayas yeah we tried to have this discussion i think it always comes down to race car yayas <laughs> race car yayas. only <laughs> barely a song but other than that they're all pretty decent i i even like um italian leather sofa I also like Italian leather so, sofa. I mean, there you go. Uh, yeah. Um, for me, when I looked at the songs on this album, uh, this was my favorite from this record. Uh, I think 
I was a little bummed out that Frank Sinatra was a hit. I know that it was a single, yeah, because that it was one's... a single because that would have been a strong contender, that and that hot. was the one you chose when you said this is every bit the equal of yeah uh, Frank Sinatra, right? Because that was the good single, I think. Uh, I mean, I think so too. I, the distance is all right. It's okay. I even like their cover of "I Will Survive," but um, yeah, that's they don't really get credit for that. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's listen to like. a, a little bit of "It's Coming Down." Okay. So uh, I guess in the years. Just prior to this, the radio had been dominated by all the Seattle grunge. Yeah. Um, your uh, Pearl Jams and Soundgardens and Alice in Chains and things like that. And so the first time you hear a Cake song, obviously it's the distance and that's a little different. But when you pick up the record and you start to hear everything on the record, nothing really sounds like Cake. No. In that era or since. There was um, there was a run of bands in the mid 90s where their hit is like it's i it caught because it was weird sounding yeah like um this undone the sweater song by weezer right yeah it's not it is it's not that that's not what weezer sounds like but that's not like i wouldn't pick that as the prototypical Weezer song. No, it's and not the fuzzed out power pop that a lot of their songs right. sound like. And definitely it's in there, like it was a hit because it's weird. Yeah. Uh, popular by Not A Surf. Yeah, we talked about that uh, the last time because you had a Not A Surf song. Uh, oh yeah, so I did. Yeah. Um, the first Foo Fighters song, This Is A Call? <laughs> yep. Fingernails are pretty. Yeah, that was a yeah. different one too, yeah. Right, not exactly what you're gonna get if you stick with the Foo Fighters, yeah. and then other songs, of course, that um, were big because they were weird, but they the bands are weird, like Lump. Right, right. yeah, they are, that is that is sort of in their wheelhouse. Yeah, Lump is essentially a pot USA. Like that's pretty pretty prototypical. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the distance, I think, is a little bit in that line. Not in the sense that it sounds that different from other Cake songs. It's not my favorite Cake song. Right. But it got a lot of traffic out of sounding like nothing else that was on the radio, I think. Well, yeah, because all they heard in that one was like, oh, it's like some kind of weird rap rock, kind of, because he's, he's, not, he's not a good rapper. At the starting line. But he's also not singing. Right. And the Cake singer does sing in the other songs. He just sings in his very Cake cake way. What's the name of that guy? Uh, John McRae, something yeah. like that. That guy has a distinct style of singing, but he usually sings. But in that one, he doesn't. And then you've got the horns coming in over the top, and you're like, oh, okay, this sounds like something. This is something weird and different. Yeah, but I think even in that, you don't. I don't think you realize how important the horns no, are because it's not a mariachi style in that one. Right. It's just kind of blasting over the top. So when you get to the core of Cake's catalog, including songs like "It's Coming Down," you start off with that farty fucking guitar. Yep, and then. You get the mariachi horns come in, and you get that sound. That sounds like a rattlesnake. What's yeah. that thing? <laughs> I, just, I don't know. It's a fucking <laughs> shaker or something, right? I assume they chose it because they're going for a real fucking southwestern kind of feel. Yep. Um. Anyway, within like twenty seconds, you're like, this could not have been any other band ever. Oh yeah, you, you, Cake will never surprise you with a new song. You'll never hear a new Cake song go. Who is this? Yeah. This is one of the 15 bands that sound like Cake? That's yeah. not a thing anyone's ever said. Exactly. So, yeah. Anyway, that is uh, that is my... If it's not my favorite, it's right after um, Frank Sinatra on that record. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to play something here that's a little bit familiar, so I may not play too much of it. Uh, but for me... Uh, again, this project is somewhat limited because not that many records in my collection had a hit. Yeah, but this one did, and um, this is by far my favorite track on the record. So you've heard it before; you'll hear it again. Uh, I'm going to invite you to listen to what he says when he's on deck. Yes. Uh, just a heads up: that's maybe my favorite line in the song, and I like a lot of lines in this song. This is Petey Pablo with "Did You Miss Me." So good. I uh, you said you like many lines in that song. I don't think there's a bad line in that song. No, they're all. 
they're all essentially great. I don't know if he mentions in I know in every song he mentions North Carolina, but in this song, what does he mention more? Birdman, Helicopter Man, or North Carolina? Oh boy, it's tough, right? It's he, they're all <laughs> it's over. It's extremely this. tough. He is really in awe that he was able to pull a couple of dudes like in Birdman this song, and Helicopter Man. He discusses the his contribution to the Magnolia soundtrack mm-hmm. and says, "Holler if you heard it." That's right. And he has some questions for his hometown. Now, yeah. he does not say what his hometown is. Not important. He treats it as if all of North Carolina is his hometown. It's fine. Yeah, it's um, uh, really good. Just like baseball, bit, I'm on deck. <laughs> I was going to say, did I hear him say bit? bit. <laughs> yeah, he's way ahead of, uh, you know how people will say bish now? Yep, he was Like, that's funny? It. Well, in uh, 2003 or whenever this song came out... He, uh, now when was Freak a Leak? Well, I was going to say, people uh, of this podcast, fans of this podcast, may have never even heard the single. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they are familiar with Freak a Leak. Wait, do I not have a clip of Lil Jon saying pussy lick? <laughs> if, if, if they have heard it, they have heard it because of that. Because we have played a clip of pussy licked. Oh, oh boy, it appears I do not have such a clip queued up anywhere. Yeah. So there you go. They may yeah. not even have heard Freak a Leak, which was in itself uh, uh, fantastic, fantastic oh, achievement for sure. It's one of my uh, one of my favorite of the. There were some there were some fun little songs in that era, like uh, Roll Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what in the world is in that room? What, what you, you got, got in that room? room. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, um, good old uh, Freak, Freak a Leak was amazing. That's why I bought this album. I'm sure I bought it for two ninety five five years later. Yeah. At a Rasputin or but something. Once you remember the Freak a Leak was on that, you're like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, oh man, yeah, 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 I yeah. did like Freak a Leak. Yeah, I like that. And he's not wrong. From bottom to top, it is. He did give us the whole enchilada. If you think he did about give it, us the whole enchilada for sure. My favorite song on that record is um, uh, what you know about it. No, is that what it's called? He says uh, the uh, banana peels, watermelon rinds. What you know about it? Yeah, that's my favorite song on that record. Oh, what's fun is searching for Petey Pablo. Uh, iTunes took a little bit of time to figure it out. Yeah, what you know about it yeah, as a track 12 on there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of, at first it was trying to uh, figure out if I wanted that Peter Gammons album. You know, that <laughs> blues album he yeah, released? I do know it. Peter Gammons blues guitar record. I like how I thought that was probably what you were looking for. That's probably what he's typed P-E-T-E. He probably wants Peter Gammons. This guy's a fan of uh, old Andy Gammons, right? I think we can... Give him that record. Uh, I used to call him Andy Gammons because to me he looked like Andrew Jackson. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, yeah, boy. Uh, again, nothing. I don't need to say anything more about. Did yeah, you miss me? It was a great one. Uh, he he's constantly asking whoever the hell Manny is <laughs> how he got the Birdman and, and the, the helicopter, helicopter Man on the same track. Both of them. <laughs> it's kind it, of incredible. He doesn't show up for two verses. Well, sure. other people rap, and it ends with. Uh, down in Carolina, where is Pete? And then, then he shows up. So he gets summoned. He is down in Carolina. Yeah, um, yeah. That was a, that was my number ten. Uh, again, a little hack to put that on there, but I couldn't leave it off. Well, it's very good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, he's got a he's got a man with paper to handle the pistols, so he don't have to. Dit, 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 dit. Do you want to do you want to do the snake style? Do you want to take nine? Oh, yeah, we can snake around. Okay. Uh, number nine is going to be my Stevie Wonder entry oh, here. Oh, boy. So this uh, this is tough, uh, particularly because we decided that we could only have one song per artist. Yeah, my initial cut had some insane number of Stevie Wonders, yeah. and I just Ste- kept Stevie having to Wonder whittle had, it down. had qualifying hits from many consecutive records, so... Uh, he cared about a... making albums, and he made a lot of great albums. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna, we're going to play Love Having You Round, which is the first track from Music In My Mind, which is my favorite Stevie Wonder record. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the hit on this one? Uh, is this well, a super, Superstition? Superstition and uh, Keep On Music Running. Music In My Mind? And Keep On Running. Oh man, those are both such yeah, good songs. No, so Superstition was on Intervisions. Okay, uh, so Keep On Running was this one. Yeah, Keep On Running, and uh, I'll just look it up. I have the I have my list. I think there should be another one on there. It was. 
So the the uh, singles were Superwoman and Keep on Running. Superwoman, okay. Another great song. Another great. It's a very good song. Uh, it's not that one is not a banger. Let's just say that about Superwoman. No. It's a very good song, but it's extremely chill. It goes on a ride. It takes you on a ride. Um, so here's a love having you round. Um, I was driving around with Katie yesterday, and this song came on. I was playing my scratch pad version of this playlist, mm-hmm. and uh, she, like uh, like me, she has no idea what it means that he want every day. He wants to get on his camel and ride. <laughs> And also, like me, she had to ask what he was singing in the chorus. That's right. <laughs> and I asked I asked you after uh, 10 to 12 years of loving this song. Yeah. Finally, I was just like, what is he singing in the chorus He does kind of slur his way through it. Um, anyway, he sings because he loves having you around. That's right. Even when she's messing around, which is quite often. Uh, so because I know what else you have picked for this, yeah. uh, I it, it's not going to ruin anything to say that the... Uh, Another Stevie Wonder track that came up while we were driving around yesterday uh, was the much, much later track, Love's in Need of Love Today. Yeah, it is. I, can you believe that Love's in Need of Love Today? Another song which uh, I think she found challenging. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the idea. Well, don't delay, dude. Send yours Send in, right, in away. right away. Yeah. <laughs> She missed the very beginning where he, good morn or evening, friends. Yes, right. It's your friendly, it's your friendly announcer. announcer. Yeah, uh, from uh, Songs in the Key of Life, which famously taught us that love plus love minus hate equals love energy. Love energy. Yeah. So uh, it gave us a it gave us an opportunity, the two of us, to review your theory of asymptotic genius. Oh yes. And I pointed out that love's in need of love today is essentially right at the point where the thing suddenly shoots yes. vertical. Right after this, you get like a two year break, and then journey right. through the secret life, and then of journey plants. through the secret life of plants, which is the point where you can no longer decide. Yeah. I'm not going to Whether dispute. it's genius or craziness, and then it drops right back down, and then you're in, uh, then you get into the you know, part-time lover pop. territory, Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah, uh, uh, all I say about Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants is I don't understand it. I don't particularly like it. <laughs> I am, but you think, it, you think he's still doing something. I'm 100% in on the genius of it. I think he's doing something I don't understand, and I'm not smart enough to understand. You think and he's operating above it, your level yeah. on Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants. If yeah. I listen to it 500 times, I won't be able to catch up. Right. You think that this is his, let's say, Finnegan's Wake. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's why I, I often say that. <laughs> you often say the sentence, Matthew, do you think this is a new sentence that's never been said before in human history? Go for it. Journey through the secret life of plants is Stevie Wonder's Finnegan's Wake. Well, you better tweet that. Someone's going to get after that unless you get to it first. Um, well, that was a really good choice. I will say as... Oh, I fucking love that song. It's also my favorite Stevie Wonder album. It may be my favorite album, just in general. And, oh, Music of My Mind? It's yeah. such a good album. It's... It's the songs on it are long. Yep. Uh it's got the energy varies quite a bit from song to song. Yeah. But uh that is a great commute record. It's, it's got to be like 38 or 40 minutes or something. Nine songs and I believe it's uh, close close to 50 minutes I think. Okay, maybe. Um Yeah, 4753. 4753. So they as you can tell they're they're quite long. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, but, but yeah, no, that, that album is, uh, well, again, it's the whole enchilada also. Mm-hmm. It, love having you around, Superwoman. I love every little thing about you. Sweet little girl. The sweet weirdness little girl. of sweet little girl. Sweet little girl's rough. <laughs> happier uh, than the morning sun. Happier than the morning sun, which again is very different energy from the rest of this record. Uh-huh. Girl blue. Seems so, Seems so long. long. Then you get Keep the jam. Running, Keep on running. And then and you then get the evil. You get um, evil. Worth noting, as I always, always do, this is one of the two records he made in his basement as a way to put Barry Gordy over a barrel. Yeah, um, he, so he could come in with the two records and say, well, do you want them? Because here's my huge contract sign that my, I wrote. It's my 200-page contract I wrote in my basement while I was making these records. <clears throat> uh, and yeah, I just uh, I love having you around probably came up in our Track 1s contest. Um, uh, it was at least on one of my earlier versions of it, for sure. Yeah, and it was uh, uh, worthy in that as well. 
It's seven minutes and twenty four seconds long. Is the r- real trouble there? He gets like, after. I it. played. I played about a minute and a half of it right there. But there's so much more. There's a lot of uh, breaking it down and and building it back up. And then in the end, he goes on a little rambling rant, which he does a lot on this album. And that's why I was saying at the part where he goes, he loves. Uh, he sings because he loves having her around, even when she's messing around. And then he goes, which is quite often. <laughs> You're just like, oh man, he's in it. Yeah. All right. Uh, also, good. every day he's going to look in her lovely brown eyes. So he's helping himself to some metaphors, I guess. Yeah, he does a lot of that where he sees a sunny park or something and you go, right. well, but did Do you? you? Did you? Did you see it? <laughs> uh, let's swing over to you and get your number nine here. Yeah, number nine. Um, hey, guess what? I closed it. What's number nine for me? <laughs> it's uh, Flying High by Marvin Gaye. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. So guess what? Concept albums? There's. This is the most important concept album ever made. It's what's going on. It just blends from track to track. He gets to visit all of his favorite themes. Uh, social justice. Um, inequality. Uh... The ecology, obviously, mercy, mercy, Envi- environmentalism. Yeah, um, this one. God, that's such a good fucking song, and it's so wild that when you know when you look at it the first time, you're like, "Mercy, mercy, me." Parentheses, parentheses the ecology. The ecology. <laughs> you go, that's not what a song is. And called. then you think about it for a second, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I guess that is what it's about." Yeah, fishful of you mercury. Just assume every every Marvin Gaye song is about sex until you know otherwise. It's, this record is not about it, and in particular, this song, "Flying High." Um, in parentheses in a friendly sky um, is about drug addiction and probably he has his own take on that because he was addicted to cocaine in a major way <laughs> um, the kind where he would just do it on stage in the middle of his shows he'd have one of his handlers just come out and bring him some and he would just do it there on the stage um, did he ever say like well I'm Mad Marvin and I'm here to say I love cocaine in a major way <laughs> he probably did say that wasn't much of a rapper it's one of the few things he he was not a master of. Well, it hadn't really been invented yet he by was the time his dad killed him. Great drummer, obviously, a wonderful singer, songwriter, but uh, not so much on the uh, rap. He would rap uh, kind of the way Phil Hartman might. Um, but uh, so this one fits in perfectly with the way the album sounds, um, and is a super chill, super chill song with sad and hopeful notes. It's flying right. high. Uh, featuring fire truck. Featuring fire truck is right at the end there. Um, yeah, the, the this is an album. I don't. I, I'm not a very overly emotional person, but I am always on a quest to feel them. And this album makes me cry. Just is when it I get to the end of just it, I'm of just the done. content of the album, or just because also Marvin Gaye's whole life was so sad and awful. Oh, all of it mixed together. Marvin Gaye's life, the fact that every single theme he's singing about in this record in 1971 is completely applicable to today's society. Fully relevant. We haven't solved any of these problems at all, even a little. Literally solved zero of the issues he's singing about 47 years ago. Arguably, they're all worse. And like I said, all of the songs contain, just in the composition, the, the musical composition, contain elements of sadness, but also elements of hope. And by the time you get to the end, I'm I'm just a mess. When um, when uh, Inner City Blues ends, and it's just like, well, I don't know what else I'm going to do today, but I can't be around people. So let's talk uh, musically for a minute here. You mentioned that Marvin Gaye was a good drummer. Mm. Yeah, um, he was a session drummer until we started at Motown. Yeah. Uh, all of the instruments on that track, but the drums particularly, are mixed super low mm. so that it feels like it's in another room. Way far away from where he's singing. Yeah. It's almost like he is borrowing some sort of smooth jazz performance that's going on somewhere else and singing his own ideas over it. <laughs> yep. And plus, it's got the usual 50 Marvin Gaye's. Yes. All singing their own thing. <laughs> like, none of them are singing. They're not singing harmony. They're all just singing something else. Um, yeah. It's, uh, and, you know, it's got a real uh, kind of ethereal feel to it, too, which goes with the that the whole metaphor that he's using. So yeah, pretty good stuff. It feels like music that should be playing in, uh, a casino 
But except that they don't want to bum anybody out, so they wouldn't. <laughs> that's right. They wouldn't do that. Well, he loved um, jazz and jazz fusion, so that's yeah. a lot of that record and some of his later records are like that. Your number eight is a Beatles song. Yeah, I had a hard time with this one. They also had a, uh, well, they had a shit ton of records, and on some of those records, they didn't even like release many singles. So there were a lot, a lot, a lot of choices. I just went with what I consider their opus. It's kind of like their, it's like the ultimate Beatles song. Uh, it's from Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It's the uh, 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 A Day in the Life. It's the song that ends the record. And it's like half Paul and half John. Maybe it's two-thirds John. And um, I thought it was uh, sort of the most representative of what a lot of people consider to be the best rock and roll record ever made. All right. A Day in the Life. So you kind of get the idea there. Uh, the Paul parts are very Paul, and the John parts are very John. Yep. <clears throat> um, I um, I don't particularly like that song. Well, that's okay. But I don't particularly like the Beatles. I understand their importance right. in the history of popular music, but I feel like most of the bands who came after them did it better. Well, that is a controversial opinion. You should tweet that after you tweet the thing about Finnegan's Wake. Oh yeah, just I should get some eyeballs on this. Uh, just on get this people, feed. just get people angry, but at least they're looking. Do do your version of whatever like a Skip Bayless take would be on that. Pick a real obscure band that came like maybe in the five years after the Beatles broke up, and talk about how they were better than the Beatles, and that way people will be furious. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I'm not really interested in that. Uh, that is one, however, that, uh, definitely I remember, like, ha- having heard in music appreciation class and things like that. I guess the idea of doing one song that was really two songs was pretty new. Yeah, um, and this is, I mean, one of the first real experimental records, so a lot of the music on this record's weird. I, I wasn't ever going to pick Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite, but that's kind of a wild ride. And um, some of the ones I was gonna, I was thinking about picking from that r- album uh, were um, um, She's Leaving Home and uh, Getting Better, two of the other ones. Uh, swinging back over to me, my number eight is a track by the Pixies. Pixies actually had a couple of like uh, alt-rock radio hits that uh, qualified, so they had Three qualifying records. Nice. Um, in the end, I picked the song Gouge Away, which is kind of like the... This is the a, the Pixie song that sounds the most like the Pixies of any song, including the hits from this record. It's so Pixies, in fact, that I was surprised it wasn't the hit from the record. It seems like it should have been the single. It's got it's got everything you want from the Pixies. It's it's got Kim Deal's bass. Uh, it's got the weird uh, Joey Santiago lead guitar in it, uh, and then of course Frank Black screaming. Um, in fact, it, it you know how like the Chain by Fleetwood Mac wasn't released as a single, but it's like their most famous song. I mean, I guess it's their most famous song. Like th- that's how that is to me. That Gouge Away was not a single. Yeah. It's the last song on Doolittle. I guess track 15? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, and there were some others I considered. I considered Hey. I love that song. That was probably my pick from the Pixies. Yeah. Uh, I had um, Motorway to Roswell off of Trompe Le Monde. Okay. And, uh, yeah. But um, it's going to be Gouge Away. And let's listen to a little bit of that. Um that's probably the shortest clip I took because that's all you need. I mean, it's got every every Pixies element is in there at that point. You've got the quiet uh, versus loud choruses. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, also, what I like is that they are not even a little bit interested in conventional structure, and they'll just kind of jump in and out of the verses when they feel like it and start yep. the chorus when they feel like it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now it's time for that part. That's right. Uh, I guess we should do it now. So, yeah, that's um, a good one. It's so weird. So I don't know if you've heard any of the Pixies since they reformed without Kim Deal. No. I have not. But they, um... It's like they can't remember what the Pixies are supposed to sound like. Because it seems like they're trying. 
and yeah. just missing. They're not trying to do something new. They're trying to do a Pixies song. But it's not quite but, there. But they've forgotten what that means. Well, that was a million years ago, one. It was so long ago. And the two, maybe they needed that uh, internal uh, strife, let's say that. Yeah. Because there was some... They didn't always get along. There um, there aren't any breeders. Oh, I played Driving on Nine. Yes, in my in your uh, runners up, yeah, runners up. But I had uh, four or five songs from Last Splash on my initial list. Yeah, uh, and that album is atrociously produced, so they all sound very bad and quiet. Yeah, Four uh, AD or whoever did not put their best people on the Kim Deal project. I guess. Well, that was rude. Didn't they know of her uh, her, her lineage? I, I'm sure that's how she got the record deal. Well, then they should have tried harder. That's what but I yeah. think. Uh, and, uh, that was something that Katie pointed out when we were uh, going to Five Home Goods yesterday. <laughs> was, uh, did you say Five Home Goods? I did, yeah. She was looking for a particular candle that she had found at a Home Goods. That's interesting. We found four more of them. Um, Was that there were a lot of Breeders songs on there. And... Uh, I think that Gouge Away, it, a lot of the song is Kim Deal's bass. Right. Um, my number seven is uh, an Outcast song. Oh, yeah. There were choices. Yes, there were. To be made. Uh, there were more choices to be made, I think, on the speaker box side. Mm. But there was never... There was never any question. For you, it was that, always going to be that I, It was always going to be Dracula's Wedding. <laughs> Every time this song comes on, I get so excited. I love it so much. Uh, it's whimsical in a way that almost makes Andre 3000 seem like a cartoon character, but that's really him. He's the real deal. Yep. It's a song that only works because of, because of his commitment to it. Yep. Like, it's not that he's taking it dead serious but he he it's not that he he's not making fun of the idea he's genuinely very pleased by this idea he likes the idea very much and Kalise does an excellent job as well on this yeah so uh here's a little bit of uh dracula's wedding from the love below i don't know what to say i mean that's it's just it's perfect. an extremely silly song it's it may be my favorite song on the, i mean there's so one of the problems is this album had a lot of songs that were conflicted out like yep uh hey yeah of course roses sure. yeah. prototype uh-huh uh from the other side the way you move in ghetto music so obviously the one i i most wanted to play from the other album was the rooster, uh, the rooster. yeah i've played i think i played it the week before on this uh <laughs> it's just that as usual big boy didn't quite make it why would why must you make conman? <laughs> That's right. So if you made Big Boy, why why too did you make Andre three thousand? <laughs> why too did you make Andre three thousand? <laughs> he must wonder that. In his own way. He probably doesn't wonder it in those words. He must wonder it in his own way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> oh I I would love to get those old boys into Romance of the Three Kingdoms. There's some into good some material. Silk hats and shit and just Yeah. Oh, you mean get them to? Oh yeah, pay get them into it, it and just just see what happens. That would be just see what they make. Yeah, I've got some. Uh, one of my songs later is from an album, uh, a Frank Ocean album, um, and he wanted to have them on a track on his record, and they refused to do it together, and <laughs> so only Andre Three Thousand was on it. And I just thought that's just that's horrible. It's a real bummer because their work together before the double album was so good. It was really, really good, and I get that Andre wanted to do his own thing, but damn. Like, their weird, fast songs are super good. Oh, yeah. And uh, then... Bombs Over Baghdad. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, like, all of their weird little dungeon songs are, are, are super good. And then you have shit like Miss Jackson and yeah. The Whole World. Oh, yeah. So fresh and so clean. Um, so fresh, so clean. Yeah. Right. So they 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 did such good work together. And then this crazy double album where uh, Big Boy made the second best hip-hop album 
of the 90s or 2000s or whatever. Unfortunately, The Love Below was number one. Yeah. And it's just just rough. It's very rough. And it was that way on the charts, too. I believe Hey uh, was number one for something like six months, and number two for six months was the way you move. It was just just stuck there. It just can't get a fucking break. Yeah. Uh, Your number seven. Yeah. Uh is by fiona apple yes uh as we have discovered during the 90s power hour project um uh, fiona apple's music has some meaning to me more at least than uh anyone down in the uh butthole surfers region of the list (laughs) um and uh in particular her first record's really good and so i had some trouble choosing the the non-single track for that um, but I ended up going with Selling Girl. I thought it's a sad song with a great refrain that really is uh, pure Fiona Apple. So it's uh, it's Selling Girl. All right. Uh, so it's just a really good record. Um, and all the songs on it were written and recorded when she was like 16, 17, and 18 years old. So uh, pretty pretty good stuff there. It's another kind of... Um jazzy piano track uh, have you done any exploration of jazz jazz fusion that kind some, of thing i mean a little it, bit it seems like there's some chance that you might be into that well the main reason i'd be into it is because i love that low end piano mm. when you're crushing those low notes that's the good it does stuff have for a, me it does have a i mean it i feel that in my spine yeah when uh when you're playing down on that end of the piano. For, for me, sure. it's all high strings and low keys. That's the shit that I'm into. In case anyone's wondering, you can put that on a t-shirt or whatever. So I never got into Fiona Apple. Sure. Um, I think the video for Criminal put me off of the whole thing. Yeah. And by the way, I think it put her off too. <laughs> She's, she's famously complained about having to have done that. She's just a nasty people, stoned, yeah, burned out looking people hanging out in their underwear video. Yeah. Where I was just like, this just seems... Gross. Yeah, like, it's not sexy, but no. it feels exploitative. Yes. And yeah. uh, I just wasn't into it. Yeah, I wasn't into that either. In fact, I wasn't into Fiona Apple at all. Probably for some of the same reasons, but I wasn't into her at all until I moved uh, to Boylston Street in Boston, and I just was uh, rifling through my um, apartment mate's record collection and just pulled uh, a couple of Fiona, rec- Fiona uh, Apple records out of his little stack there and just popped them in. So to me, they actually remind me of college because of that, even though it was years after they came out. That makes sense. You've got a David Bowie track sitting at number six. I figured it was long enough since we did the David Bowie project that was I this, could do this. Was this one of the ones on the thing? I'm sure by it the was. Way? I mean, there were some, okay. there was like 30 songs that I uh, that I threw up there. Yeah. Um, this is Lady Grinning Soul. Um, it's it's got all of the things that I want to hear in a David Bowie song. Um, it's right. It's, so it's from uh, the Aladdin Sane record from 1973. It's right in the middle of his run with, like, Woodmansey on drums, and uh, he hired this pianist for this record, and every single song on this record has this guy just doing uh, his fucking drugged-out piano bits on everything. Um, anyway, uh, I love the song a lot. We can go ahead and play it. I wonder if that was on the list that you did before, because I didn't mind that. Yeah, it's, uh, well, obviously it's very different. Um, you know, it's the way it ends there with that uh, Spanish guitar. That's not some good stuff, too. I do like Spanish guitar. Yeah, it's just him being his full-on full, full on melodramatic self, just going, going for it in full character and everything. So uh, It was released as a B-side many times, but was never a charting B-side. <laughs> We had to figure out how to handle B-sides. There are those weird rare cases where the B-side of a single is the one that becomes popular. Yeah. But for uh, that's so rare that I don't think we even considered I it. I think we said if the B-side charts, we'd have to talk about it. But the, right. this one never did. It was the B-side first for their terrible version of Let's Spend, or his terrible version of Let's Spend the Night Together. 
that was we have very bad. Previously played a clip of on this show, and it was mm, terrible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's my David Bowie entry for this, and he had a lot too because he was all about album rock. It was just a matter of finding an album that had a charting single, and then which one to pick. Uh. So that's it for me for today. So on to your number six or whatever. Yeah. So uh, this year. Uh, First Aid Kit released a new record. Whoa! Their last... I was what? just going to say, is this from this year's record? This is from this year's record. I'm saying, whoa, because that's, bra- that's a new song. It is. This is pretty new. Uh, it's track one from the record, uh-huh. but the record came out after our track one's project. That's crazy to think. Yeah. Um, First Aid Kit are Swedish sisters. Okay. They do kind of um, a folk Americana sound. And uh, they do it real well. Their last album had a bunch of hits, and a, probably I probably took four or five songs from that record mm-hmm. onto uh, my initial list. Um, but we're going to play Rebel Heart from this year's album, Ruins. That was pretty good. I, uh, I think you just sold at least one First Aid Kit record. <laughs> uh, if you are going to get a First Aid Kit record, okay. get... 2014's Stay Gold. Okay. Uh, it's a better record overall than this year's record, although this year's record is still pretty good. Okay. Uh, that'd be the one to get for sure. Um, my favorite song off of that, it unfortunately, was a single uh, called Cedar Lane. But there are... Uh, these, uh, these two girls are pretty young. I think they're like 21 and 18 now or something. Jesus. Um, and there are some idiosyncrasies in their English because they are, of course, Swedish, Mm. but, uh, they harmonize together very well. And the most recent two albums are lovingly engineered like a Chris Isaac record. Oh, that is loving. (laughs) All of the guitar notes sound very good. (laughs) That's true. Who the hell did he hook up with? What's the deal? It's a... It's a real good question, not whoever was recording the Rolling Stones. Who did he hook up with, and why do I like Wicked Games so much? Uh, It's an amazing song. Why do I play it, and I weep? (laughs) Huh? Listen, listen, his backing band is telling you the truth when they say, this girl is only going to break your heart. Yeah. That's why he doesn't want to fall in love. I know. But he... He is going to. And I I root for him. I don't want him to fall in love, because I don't want anything to happen to him, because he's precious. (laughs) Uh, First Aid Kit, uh, probably my favorite new-ish band. Okay. Um, As I get older, it's harder and harder to find new bands. And I actually heard... uh, Katie and I heard one of their tracks uh, in the... You know the old Dome Theaters on Winchester? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they would just play music before the uh, movie started. And then it'd be like, and that was First Aid Kid with... With The Bell. Yeah. yeah. Which was from Stagel. So. Well, you're right. Their uh, first two records were on Wichita, the record label, and their last yep. two were Columbia. So they definitely yes. stepped up. Yep. And they um, they are very, very well produced. And uh, the these two girls harmonize together very well. Well, that sounded very good, and that was yeah. a good way to end our our section of this project this week. Yep, next time we do a mailbag, we'll count down five to one. Yeah, and that'll be a week Not after Not that it's next, in a probably. particular order, but there's some good stuff coming up on this, uh, on the top of this list. I am excited. There are things that I want to talk about. But next, next week, week is the Star Tracks. Yeah, we had a nice break, but we're back on the grind. We're on the with, clock uh, now, dude. <laughs> I know, we are literally on the clock. Um, we are uh, watching the Week 42 episodes coming off of a really strong Week 41. Yep. Um, almost certainly going to be a little bit of a letdown, but you, you never know. Yeah. Uh, we have Obsession. And that is, again, some... T- TOS episode. Some one, some lesser TOS episode that no one remembers. It's, uh, I on. mean, no one remembers the Deadly Years, but it scored 34. Um, hold on, hold on. Real quick. It's, um... He becomes obsessed with destroying a deadly entity he once encountered in his youth. Oh, it's gonna be a Moby Dick? We're gonna do a Moby Dick? We're doing a Moby Dick. Oh, okay. Everyone, get ready. Well, everyone likes the uh, TNG movie that's a Moby Dick, do, so... Do whatever you gotta do with the top sale. All that shit, right. because it's Moby Dick time. 
<laughs> we are uh we're watching Samaritan Snare. That's um I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. I have so many good things to say about that episode. It's uh it's got some goofy stuff. It's got some um some backstory for some of our characters. I thought you uh, wanted me to make you go. That's what it's got. We get the return of Sassy Jordy. You have to get shot a few times before it comes it has back. to be a little put upon before the sass comes out, but yeah. it's in there. Uh, DS9, we're watching Crossover. Mm, I know what that is. That's a uh, dangle. We all know universe. it's a dangle mirror episode. <laughs> Apparently they did four or five of these old boys. Oh yeah, it just keeps coming back. I'm... I wonder if what I like best about TNG is that they never did a mirror episode. Well, that's they great. They did parallels, right? But like, and tapestry. Oh, they did. They so dabbled not in like alternate it, universes, but not that one. It's not like they stayed out of what ifs, yeah. but they stayed away from the evil universe where everyone is in the same place and they're doing the same thing, but they're but evil. But they're all evil. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a bad premise. That's a 60s premise. We are starting Voyager Season 3 with the episode Basics Part 2. Oh, we'll find out what they're going to do with them cavemen. That's right. And the big lizards in their backyard. Yep, and also Messenger Paris and Insurgent Doctor. And somebody called David Lee Roth. Next week we're watching Canamar. <laughs> Canamar! It's going to be a good one. Uh, that's So that's some kind of dang old... Daniel Enterprise episode? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me see if I can figure it out. Uh, Enterprise is still at the bottom of the chain. I could potentially play Panama, but that seems... I seem like I've tipped my hand on that. I just read a brief description, and I do not remember this episode, so... Cool. Wonder if that's good news or bad. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably not a good episode, but uh, we'll find out. Week 42 next week, that's what you should watch if you want to play along. You can uh, tweet at us, at BrotherDate. Uh, we'll read it. We will. almost guaranteed. Even if it's hate mail. Especially if it's hate mail. Yeah. Send us some hate mail. I mean, uh, if you hate it, be honest. If you're out there, Captain Kirk's dildo, please retweet. Yeah, we need the retweets. <laughs> Come on, Kirk's D. And uh, Shannon, I hope in five years when you get to this episode, you uh, don't regret it. I don't know. Send us some more you stuff will about regret my it. brother Sam is dead. My brother Sam, do that. Yes. All right, everybody. Bye. Oh, the person who was pissed off about your chili review? Oh, yeah, that son of a bitch. <laughs> the person who seems to I never search, remember for, what his... search for and post on every <laughs> review of Wolf Chili. Was it Wolf <laughs> it might, Chili? It might have been Wolf Brand Chili. He subscribed.